When you get together with your family this Thanksgiving, no doubt you will be with family or with friends, probably maybe even some people that you have not seen in a while, or maybe people you see pretty often. There are no doubt going to be things that really at the end of the day we could call trivial. There's going to be football on the TV. There's going to be people looking at their phones, scrolling through their social media. There's going to be small talk about the weather and about things that at the end of the day, you're probably not going to remember by the time next Thanksgiving rolls around. And that's fine. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with trivial things. But there is something wrong, I think, in our society today in how disconnected we can be from one another. We can all be at the same dinner table or be in the same room together, but also all be looking down at our phones or at our games or at our TVs or at our own thoughts inside ourselves and be with each other, but not really be with each other. If you're going to be around people this year who you have not seen in a while or people who you consider yourself to be close to and who you consider yourself to love, your own families, your close friends, that is valuable time together. And so while there will no doubt be trivial things, it is also worth thinking about that we should make time for non-trivial things, for weighty things, for important things. Whenever Paul's talking to the Philippians, he gives them this advice, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I would encourage you this Thanksgiving to talk about them, too. Things that are eternally true, things that are eternally honorable, things that are just and pure and commendable and excellent. Now, ironically, if you do decide to talk about these things this week, tomorrow, at the dinner table or elsewhere... You're probably going to be talking about things that someone at some point has warned you not to talk about. I know that it is common for people to say, whatever you do, when we go out to dinner, don't talk about what? Politics and religion. Everyone knows. But if you talk about things that are just and pure and honorable and commendable and excellent and worthy of praise and eternally true, you know what you're going to be talking about? Politics and religion. And that's okay. It's okay to talk about things that matter. It's okay to talk with your family about how we should live together in a community and a society. What is just what is commendable? What is excellent for humans 
to live with and to live together in. And what is true? Who is Jesus? What has he done for me? How is the spirit working in my life day in and day out? How incredible is it that the father who created the whole world and everything in it and sustains it even to this day loved me so much that he sent his son to die for me? Why not talk about those things? The football is great. I like watching a good football game. And the social media can be interesting sometimes. But those things don't last. But the problem with it, talking about those good things, those excellent things, those weighty and matter things, is that there is a risk. This is why people say don't talk about them. One of the risks, of course, is division. Offense that can be caused. And the other risk, and I think maybe this one is a little bit more of our problem today than just being willing to upset or not being willing to upset someone in our family. The bigger risk is that you in your own heart and in your own mind have to deal with those things if you talk about them and if you think about them. It is easy not only to distract ourselves from other people, but also to distract ourselves from ourselves. From not wanting to have to deal in our own hearts with what it means that Jesus had to die for my sins. Or in my own mind, with what the things that are happening in society mean for the life of my children and the life of my grandchildren. It's easier just to turn on Netflix or to scroll through the screen. And so how do we deal with these things? How do we stay focused on what matters? And how do we do so with those risks at hand? Well, I think if you look at what Paul says before verse 8, where he gives this list of whatever is good, whatever is just, whatever is true, and then after verse 8, these things are helpful. We'll start with after. We're going a little bit out of order in the passage tonight. After he rejoices and he gives thanks to the Philippian church. Because, as he says, the Philippian church is the church that has supported him constantly throughout his ministry. They were one of the first churches to join in partnership with him in sending him money to pay for his Gentile mission. One of the first churches to support him as a missionary from the very beginning. And they've continued to do so. And he just got another gift. And Philippians is really kind of a thank you letter, actually, in this way. But he rejoices that they have helped him, that they've cared for him. And this is key. I think if we care for one another, if we establish a relationship, as Paul says, of not only giving, but also receiving, of giving and receiving, that that kind of partnership, that kind of relationship, it opens up the ability for us 
to have these weighty and matterful conversations. If you have a relationship with someone where you give to them and they give to you and you care for one another and you know that if you need something, they're always going to be there and they know that if they need something, you're always going to be there. When you have that kind of relationship with somebody, it makes having more difficult conversations a little bit easier because there's a relationship of good will. And before verse 8, he points to prayer. So first we have caring for one another, and we should care for one another. We should build those relationships. As a church, we do this. This is why we support seminary students, why we're sending them the gift cards. It's why we're sharing bread with one another so that we can all eat together and be fed together. It's why we give food also to the food pantry, so on and so forth. We should do this as a church also with our, fr- with our family and with our friends. So first of all, care for one another. But then before verse 8, he points to prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, says a certain type of prayer. A prayer of thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And there's a reason we have this passage on Thanksgiving when it talks about Thanksgiving here, because this is really what the holiday of Thanksgiving is all about. It's about prayer to God. What is the national day of Thanksgiving for? Is it Thanksgiving kind of in general? No. It's thanksgiving to God for what God has given us. That's what Thanksgiving, a national day of Thanksgiving, has always been supposed to be, a national day of Thanksgiving to God. Certainly we can be thankful for gifts that our friends give us, but how did those friends even get here? How do those friends have breath and life? Because God made them. Everything comes from God. Thanksgiving can only, at the end of the day, ever be to God. So thanksgiving to God. But these prayers of thanksgiving, they are truly amazing and truly helpful in this way because they always drive us back to what's important. If you give thanks to God, I promise you, you're going to start thinking about good and true and honorable and excellent and commendable things. When you give thanks to God, you're immediately going to know what matters. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but I highly doubt that if I asked you to make a list of things that you are thankful to God for right now, that you would add things to your list like the offensive lineman that's been doing really well for your football team or the app on your phone that you're maybe a little too addicted to or the emails that are piling up in your inbox. Whenever you pray a prayer of thanksgiving to God, the trivial things, they kind of melt away. 
You're going to thank God tomorrow for the things that matter. For your family, for your friends, for your church, for your faith, for the community that you live in. That's what you're going to thank God for, the things that matter. And what's also even more amazing about these prayers of thanksgiving that we can pray is when we pray those things, you know, the things that I talked about earlier that are sometimes, to be honest, hard to deal with in our own hearts, that sometimes the reason we pick up trivial things is because we want to distract ourselves from these things. When we pray to God about those things in our hearts, about anything and everything that is on our hearts and minds, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, that worry, that stress, that hardship of having to deal with weighty things, it also kind of melts away. Because we're not putting it into our own hands to deal with. We're putting it into God's hands. And God's hands are capable of holding so much. The entire world, in fact. And when we see that those things are in God's hands, all the politics and all the religion and all of the hard things and the great things in our life, We know he hears those prayers, and he answers them, and he has it all in his control. And so I want to challenge you this Thanksgiving to these three things. Very simple. One is care for someone around you. It doesn't have to be much. Maybe it's helping them clear the table tomorrow night. Maybe it's writing someone a little note of encouragement. Maybe it's supporting a missionary somewhere. I don't know. But care for those around you. Second is have a conversation that matters. Tell someone in your family, someone you love, about how Jesus died for you and how he carries all our sins on the cross and raises us again to new life. Or have a different conversation that matters. It doesn't have to be that one. That's a great one to have. But just have a conversation that matters. Don't get too distracted. And then finally, and of course, and maybe do this one more than once if you can, say a prayer of thanksgiving to God. Because in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, our requests can be made known to God. And when you do that, you have no reason to be anxious. You have no reason to sorrow. For the peace of God, Paul promises this, which surpasses all understanding, it will, certainly, it must, guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus our Lord. To him be all the honor and glory now and forever. Amen.